0: A little over 3 months ago, a colleague sent me a link to a post on a big platform that rhymes with lace took where <laughs> the author said, "Gaslighting is intentionally psychologically manipulating someone else into questioning their own sanity and or reality. It is impossible for victims to gaslight themselves." I deliberated as to whether or not I should jump into that conversation. I did and I may have ended up being blacklisted. In today's episode, I'll share some of the misconceptions about gaslighting that fueled this poster's views and why my views are shaking up the gaslighting world, I think for the best. I'm Sarah Morales, the host of this podcast. And to go along with this month's theme of new and understanding the new ways my views of gaslighting can impact your life or the life of someone that you love, I'm running a special for the rest of January. From now until January 31st, get 50% off my deconstructing gaslighting awareness video course by using the code Season 2 pod. My course can be found on my website, Sarahmoralescoaching.com. I'll have the link and that code in my show notes. So here's the situation. Again, what was said was gaslighting is intentionally, psychologically manipulating someone else into questioning their own sanity and or reality. It is impossible for victims to gaslight themselves. So I responded a little bit with sassy Sarah showing up. My decade of studying gaslighting and over 10,000 hours with clients would have me disagreeing with you. So then, the original poster responded, "Well, how specifically do you believe victims can quote intentionally psychologically manipulate themselves into questioning their own sanity and/or reality?" So I gave a little bit of a lengthy response. I'm going to read it to you real quick. I said, "I define gaslighting as the experience of when one person or potentially a group of people." through covert behaviors, convinces another that what they believe, perceive, think, or feel is inaccurate or invalid. I teach seven techniques and 14 tactics as part of those covert or hidden behaviors in my programs. Take, for example, brainwashing, like someone telling me from a young age that I'm too sensitive. If I'm a victim of that technique, I unknowingly internalize that message. And then when I'm older and someone doesn't like the way I respond to something, because of that gaslighting I internalized, I doubt the validity of my own feelings and tell myself I'm being too sensitive. From there, it really kind of went into a bunch of responses that were attacks from people who either weren't willing or able to take in and hear the ramifications of my definition or perspective of gaslighting. And I I ended up being labeled too steeped in psychology to ever effectively understand or empathize with victims. I normalized and neutralized behaviors of evil perpetrators, and I was unsafe for survivors. So I kind of want to break this down because I think it's important as somebody who is a trailblazer and who is kind of Confronting this old definition of gaslighting because I didn't see it, you know, making the cut, honestly, within the first few years of me studying gaslighting and working with my clients, you know, I was, was posting articles and being featured places and i was talking about gaslighting from this old perspective and i had people writing in and asking me you know my person is doing this this and this but they don't they don't fit this profile that is being talked about here and so i i feel lost i feel left out of this gaslighting conversation and so i don't know what to make of what's happening to me and when i looked at the behaviors that were happening in those people's lives and relationships and I looked at the impact or the effect of those behaviors in the person that was writing to me I was like that's that's gaslighting the only thing that was missing was this intentional piece so I I really kind of broke it all down that's where I came up with my trademark of deconstructing gaslighting because I deconstructed it Like from the kind of standard definition and what I found was that the old definition was really, if you break it down to its simplest components, it's a level of awareness and motive plus some vague behavior equals this really small picture of effect or impact. And I really came to see how it was a limiting definition. For me, it really goes along with this. And and I really hope y'all can hang with me with this because I'm going to talk about the difference between an abuser and an abusive behavior. Lundy Bancroft, the author of Why Does He Do That? Inside the Minds of Angry and Controlling Men said, and I quote, abusive behavior and an abusive mindset are two different things. The former is a choice well, the latter is deeply ingrained belief system. It's that belief system, right? Let's let's talk about this a different way. Someone who exhibits abusive behavior may not necessarily be an abuser. For instance, a person who raises their voice during an argument may exhibit an abusive behavior. Who amongst us can raise their hand and say, "I've never done that"? Like, I want to know you because I know I know I've done that. But it doesn't necessarily make them an abuser. I would not consider myself an abuser. And the reason is that I do not have an abusive mindset, right? When I do those things, I am sorry, I have remorse, I have regret, and yet I did them. I believe the same principles. Listen. Basic for me, if a principle is good and true, it should be able to be applied across the board. So for me, if there is a difference between someone who has an an abusive mindset and does abusive behaviors versus somebody who does not have an abusive mindset and yet still does those abusive behaviors... I believe that same principle can be applied to gaslighting. My research, my studying, my working with clients on both sides of the gaslighting experience validates that belief. People can do gaslighting behaviors and not have an abuser mindset. So I came up with a new definition. My definition is about a type of behavior, a covert behavior, equals, there's no plus, it's just there's a type of behavior has to be present, which is a covert behavior, equals, and then a clear description of the effect or impact. You have to be convinced that what you think, feel, believe, or perceive is inaccurate or invalid. And with my definition, I believe that It's actually expansive. It allows for more people to find understanding and validation, et cetera, because we can focus on the behavior and not the awareness or intent of the other person, right? It's possible for many levels of awareness and many different motives or reasons for gaslighting behaviors. Why this is problematic is many people do not want to let go of their belief that a gaslighter is a malicious evil quote perpetrator they think that if a gaslighter isn't these things it somehow invalidates their trauma and or abuse but this is not the case This, In in my opinion, in the way that my clients are impacted by this, this is actually setting a really low bar. We shouldn't have to label our gaslighter as a narcissist or a full-on abuser in order to validate that what we're experiencing is not okay, right? If I have to label my person that in order to, to say that what I'm experiencing is not okay. Like that's low. Do, do we get that? Like we should be able to say, you know what? You may not be a full-on narcissist or someone who has an abusive mindset and still your behaviors, the way you are treating me is not okay. You need to change that. Like that's that's actually raising our bar, right? That's That's not lowering our bar. That's not minimizing the harm. It's actually saying, <laughs> I don't have to let it get so bad or be so bad in order for me to say enough, enough, right? When people gaslight, it harms the other person, regardless of the level of awareness or intention, etc. And I I just want to say this in case anybody's new and has not listened to season one and, and doesn't know my story yet. I am a survivor of abuse. And that was a hard place for me to come to and admit. I felt a lot of shame around that. Like I should have known better all of these different things. So as a survivor of abuse, of chronic gaslighting, my work, my life's work this past decade is about taking this concept of gaslighting and presenting it in such a way that brings the most validation, the most empathy, the most understanding, the most clarity, empowerment, peace, and ultimately freedom. So this podcast episode is kind of short and sweet. I really just wanted to lay the foundation through this story of what my definition is and set the tone for a lot of the things that I'm going to bring to you throughout the year as I talk about gaslighting, so that you all understand where I'm coming from and why I am challenging the status quo when it comes to the definition of gaslighting and how people work with it. I'm trying to set a standard of care. I'm trying to set a standard for a definition the helping professional world with people who work with gaslighting because of the way that I have seen my work impact people over the last five years, especially. So let's take this into how this can be some takeaways for you, my listener. I'm going to start with giving you a question to ponder. What Came up for you as I talked about my new definition and the fact that a gaslighter does not have to be intentionally trying to break or control you, the difference between an abusive behavior versus an abusive mindset. And then dig a little deeper. So think about that. Think about what thoughts come up, what feelings come up, and then dig a little bit deeper. What is behind those thoughts and feelings? For example, if you're feeling resistant, And thinking, you know what, they have to be aware or doing it intentionally. Ask yourself, why does that matter? Like not, not in a snarky or sassy why, but the curious why, like why, why does that matter? What would be different for me if they weren't aware? Would that change how I have to respond to them? Would that mean I'd have to have different boundaries, et cetera? What is coming up for you that is causing whatever feeling? It also could be a positive feeling. What is coming up for you? What significance does my definition and any challenges that brings to an old definition you may have been carrying? The second thing that I'm suggesting as a top takeaway is to consider what you know about gaslighting and then what you need to know In order to get clarity about your relationships, try this journaling prompt, like write it at the top of your page. What I think I know about gaslighting and then write down, just let your brain go, write down all the things that come up. And then on a separate piece of paper, right at the top, what do I need to know about gaslighting? The last top takeaway I would suggest for this episode today would be a mantra for self-validation. And that might be something like, No matter the level of awareness or intention, it doesn't change that I don't accept gaslighting behaviors in my relationships. As I wrap up today, I wanted to remind you that if you want to understand more about the different reasons people may do gaslighting behaviors as well as the different levels of awareness, I go into great detail about these things in my deconstructing gaslighting awareness video series. It's just twenty two fifty u s and you can get immediate access from my website and as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, through the month of January, you can get it at 50 percent off. Use the promo code Season 2 Pod, and again, that's on Sarahmoralescoaching.com. I'll have the link and the code in the show notes. I encourage you to follow me on your preferred social media platform. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Sarah Morales Coaching, and I'm on TikTok at Sassy Sarah Deconstructs. I'll have the links in my show notes. Thank you, my listener, for listening to today's episode. If you found it helpful and want to help me get it in the hands of more people who could benefit from it, please leave a review. It really helps. And subscribe. Additionally, if you can think of one person in particular who could benefit, please share it with them. And remember, you may have crashed and burned, been broke and hurt, but damn it, you're a phoenix and you're rising again. I think it's time we fly. And now, Phoenix by Katrina Stone. No
1: flicker, no flame in you. I need a chance to rise from the ashes. Everybody watching, everybody talking. Crashed and burned and broke and hurt and laid there for a while But now I don't joke when I see smoke, it only makes me smile <sighs> You find me in the furnace and that's enough put myself from the depths and now i don't think i need your blessing now to read my wheels, only better now i don't want that new blood they just want that old love hell you never enough for you no i don't want to fall for that same old life i think it's time to fly because i crashed and burned and broken heart. See smoke it only makes me smile. You find me and you find me.